right, ladies and gentlemen, y'all know what time it is. We back at it again. Obviously, some of y'all don't know what time it is, but most of y'all, uh, if if anything, some of y'all should know what time it is. Would you agree, Ronnie? I would agree. And according to the sources, the football misfits is being heard in Kazakhstan and Malaysia. Listen, man, uh, when I was a kid, I watched Borat. Loved the movie. Very relatable. Shout out to my guy, Borat. You know what I'm saying? Real, uh, you know, uh, pioneer in just trolling. Legendary. Uh, shout out to my Kazakhstan bros. You know, shout out to my Nepalese bros, my Indian brothers. Shout out to my, you know, Canadians, my Americans, all of friends north of the border. Um, our friends in Germany, Dunk. Yes, all the gang. Dunk, you already know what time it is. Um, and for those of you that don't know what time it is, you know, it's that time of the week again. It's, uh, it's Ronnie, it's me. It's the Footy Misfits. We're back at it. Yes, we are. Back to give you some uh, some footy, some bullshit, a little bit of drama. A little bit of you drama. Know, we got a lot to get to this week. Uh, we, another week. We have a few to get to. You know, I'm I'm mad. I'm very angry, man. Uh, you know, I'll try to save it for when it's when the time is right. But I'm I'll let you know off bat. I'm pretty mad. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> we have that, an dude? idea why you're mad. Um, but let's work I'll tell you through it. Let's work our way to it. What did we see? Yeah, this I mean, uh, yeah. when, when time is right, I'll, I'll let you know. I'll let you know when I'm at. But yeah, uh, if you want to <laughs> go ahead and start us off with uh, whatever topic we want to get down to right away. Um, yeah, well, we saw since the last time we did this, um, the Nations League ended. Well, the first part of the Nations League ended. Um, England played another shit match against Denmark. Yeah, I mean, uh, I watched the entire 90 minutes. Uh, I figured Denmark versus England would be, uh, you know, a competitive match, uh, even, an, you know, a sort of, I guess, uh, evenly situated match. Good players on both sides. Um, I figured they'd be, a, I wouldn't consider it to be a draw. I, I figured it'd be maybe some goals peppered in there. Both teams don't have incredible defenses. You got some, you know, good midfields. We got a good fullbacks. Just, I thought it'd be an, an attacking game. And what I, what I stumbled into was 90 minutes of pitter-patter. I'll tell you what, the score ended nil-nil. For those that don't know what that means, there's zero goals on both ends. It ended, it ended in a nice old draw. Um, a perfect sleeping agent for those who needed to <laughs> catch some Z's. Right, which for me is basically a, a good old Benadryl or a Tylenol PM, as you would call it. A snooze fest for sure. You know, had me snoring at the 65th minute. I didn't see many shots on target. Didn't see many shots at all. Uh, I saw a lot of running around. Made me sweat, made me tired. Uh, you know, a little bit disappointed to look at it on a defensive standpoint. The only positives I could take was that my boy Eric Dyer was there. But aside from that, it was some hot ass, some hot garbage, if you will. A match that I wish I never saw. I wish I spent my time doing something else. But that wasn't the only match and I'll let you get to some of the better ones. Some of the better ones did feature Belgium and Iceland. How much better? Belgium defeated the Icelandics 5-1. France-Croatia was a good one. Despite not having Kylian Mbappe, the French pretty much repeated the final score from the 2018 World yeah. Cup 4-2. Mbappe was diagnosed with the COVID-19 virus. Obviously, off the pod, we did wish him well. Of course, we wish yes. him to get better. Uh, but the French national team obviously didn't necessarily even need him. Like you said, a repeat of the uh, World Cup final. 
Um, and one thing I did notice about that that I did want to mention was that aside from Kylian Mbappe not playing, Anton Griezmann looked like he had, you know, he grew some balls and was there to put in some work. And put in some work he did, I got to say. He definitely picked up the slack, um, especially after not showing up in the first match. Yeah, especially after not showing up pretty much the entire season of Barcelona. Um, another match that was of note, Portugal and Sweden. Portugal winning that one 2 nothing. Ronaldo bad his 100th and 101st goals with the national team. He is, I believe, yeah. nine um, goals away from the world record. Netherlands and Italy. I saw yeah. that one. Nico Barrela, pretty much his header, the deciding factor in that one. A game that yeah. uh, we thought would go the other way. Absolutely. Uh, did not see it ending 1-0, first of all. Um, and I especially didn't see ending 1-0 to the Italians. Uh, I think I predicted a 3-0 or 2-0, uh, 3-1, something along those lines. Uh, I think I labeled it an ass-whooping by the Dutch. Uh, however, uh, the Italians came and uh, played that old lady style of football. Defend, defend, defend take care of business on the other end. Uh, and if you look at the stats, uh, the Italians had more possession, uh, less shots on goal and less shots on target, but a lot of shots nonetheless. I think 18 shots total, four of them hit the target, one of them went in. The Dutch, on the other hand, 22 shots, six on target, I think it was. Not one went ahead and hit the back of the net. Didn't see the Italians taking care of business, didn't see the Inter Milan man uh, Guariella taking care of business, but they did. And, uh, I mean, shout out to them. They're a top group one with four points. Yeah, I kind of – I got to say. The only other thing I would take of note, Erling Haaland scored three goals for the national team, his first three goals on the senior level, and he is the top scorer of the Nations League. Yeah, I mean, really quickly, just uh, as far as Ronaldo goes, obviously, I mean, it's not a hot take or anything like that, but – you got to give praises where praises are due. You know, one of the goats of our generation doing what he does best and putting away a free kick goal, you know, for his 100th goal, which is no light feat, you know. Um, playing against the, the Swedes, of course. And whenever I see Portugal versus Sweden, I do think of that legendary game, the World Cup qualifier with Ibrahimovic uh, starring for Sweden and Ronaldo starring for Portugal. Obviously, Ronaldo and Portugal taking the W on that game, a 3-2 thriller where they both scored all of the goals pretty much. With that being said, just, you know, big, big shout-out to Ronaldo. The super legend, 100 and 101 goals. Uh, it's just an incredible feat. He's got nine left, like you said, until the world record. There's no doubt in my mind that he'll reach that before the World Cup next year. And another thing I, I guess I should add about that is I didn't think that the world record was held by a guy who played for the Islamic Republic of Iran. <laughs> I mean, did you see that coming at all? I never really thought about that. But then I, once Ronaldo started scoring goals and he was reaching that peak, I did see his name. I'm like, okay, I've, no one's ever heard of him, I feel like. And for him to score that many goals that he did for the national team, you got to praise that. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a big stat. I figured it'd be like, uh, you know, some German guy like Gerd Müller or something like that. You know, somebody who's known for scoring a lot of goals in the calendar year or something. But, you know, turns out it's some guy from a West Asian country, you know. Uh, shout out to him. 
you will get your record broken, unfortunately, unless something incredibly bad happens to Ronaldo, which hopefully that you know won't be the case. But um, nine goals, I think Ronaldo will get that before 2022, I'd say. Shouts to him for holding down that record. But sorry to say, like you said, that record's probably going to be snapped by the end of next year, assuming all these Ronaldo games get played according to plan. Right. Um, so so the world is going to explode before then. <laughs> I, I hope not. Uh, we, we have so much to get to before that day ever comes. This week, we also saw the return of the Premier League and the return of La Liga. We'll talk La Liga first because I know you're still upset about Premier League results. Um, oh, man, I'm trying not to go on a tangent, but go ahead. Yes, let's go. La Liga, did you catch anything from Spain? I did not. I mean, due to uh, streaming complications, I won't. I won't give uh, being sports hell on this podcast just yet. Um, but, you know, I'm blaming being sports at the moment. But um, I did catch some score lines. I did see, um, you know, no super big games yet, of course. Um, the only super big game that we had was the Valencia Derby. Valencia beating Levante 4-2. Yep, we're finishing in 4-2. Did you catch any of the games? Good, sir. I only saw one La Liga game. I said last week I would watch the opener, but since we last recorded, all the Friday games were pushed to Saturday and all the Monday games were pushed to Sunday, so I didn't see anything. Other than the second half of Real Valladolid versus Real Sociedad, that one ended 1-1. So that's pretty much it. I hope to catch some more La Liga as best as I can. But Yeah, we, got, we have some bigger games uh, the following week. Real Madrid will feature next Sunday. Yes, their debut. Um, against that, um, Barcelona are yet to pop up. They should pop up the following week as, as well as um, Atletico Madrid. Speaking of, my good man Diego Simeone did catch coronavirus. All praises to him. Hope he's, hope he's well. And, uh, yes, sir. Speedy recovery well. to his man, to that man. Um, oh, there was the start of the German Cup, the DFB Pokal. You caught some scores. Yes, yeah, I did catch a few scores. I mean, I was up early this morning. For first game on the menu was uh, Bayer, Bayer Leverkusen um, versus... Uh, the um, called Eintracht Nordestedt. Yeah, Eintracht Nordestedt. And uh, for those who didn't get, be, wasn't able to catch the score or see what happened, uh, I should mention that they did win by... <laughs> Uh, seven goals. It finished seven to nil. Um, the first goal coming in the fourth minute. The last goal coming in the seventieth minute, and uh, every goal before that coming in the, the first half. So it was six nil before the first half finished off. Um, Eintracht Nordstadt, which um, is a uh, they're definitely lower division. See, yeah, definitely um, lower division. Yeah, so they they kind of caught the uh, caught the bullet and got violated here. They are in the uh, Regiona Nord, so which looks like the fourth division of the Bundesliga or German soccer. The Northern League. And, um, I don't know yeah. German correctly. It looks like they uh, didn't bring their shooting boots or were probably still wearing their uh, part-time job outfits when they played. 
because they came and got their asses whooped, as they would say, to put it in the most uh, simplest of terms. One Bundesliga team got knocked out of this competition already in the first round, and that was Erta Berlin. Oh, we love to see it. I mean, I love a good upset. Yes, especially this early in the competition. Erta Berlin lost to... I have the name of the club right here. Oh, Eintracht Braunschweig. Braunschweig. Yeah, a lot of Eintracht's. Five four. That that was that was some game. I would assume. I didn't see that. I I always forget that before the Bundesliga starts. It's the first round of the Pokal. I did see one game though. I was just waiting on some other football and sporting events. I saw. Freiburg played their poll call match. I forgot the name of the team. Um, I'm looking this up as we speak. That game, they could have almost lost, but they managed to get a goal late in the second half. Mm-hmm. And Freiburg are on to the next round of the poll call. Dortmund have yet to play. So does Bayern. So we'll wait to see how they do. They'll probably go all the way. Oh, Mannenheim is the name of the club. Mannenheim. They're a third-tier side. With that being said, I know I asked uh, our good friend Spencer, who's not here today, the question of uh, whether or not Timo Werner or uh, Goretzka on Bayern Munich looks more like Brock Lesnar. I got to throw – I almost forgot. I got to throw my guy Erling Holland into the mix. So I got to ask, out of those three, who do you think is the most Brock Lesnar risk? I can't say Erling Holland because there's a meme – it says no one and Erling Holland and it's a picture of Tom from Tom and Jerry. <laughs> like his chin just goes all the way up. Um, so it would have to be between Goretzka and um, Timo Werner. Um, by yeah. appearance, I, by appearance, I, I would probably it. say Timo, but by build, probably say, Goretzka. Yeah, Goretzka looking like a heavyweight. Easy money. Uh, um, I got to say, um, give a quick shout out um, on our Instagram page, at Footy Misfits. You can follow and, you know, holler at us in the comments. Um, our good uh, good fellow um, sports gentleman, a 6D Sports, shout out to you if you're listening, uh, did throw in a suggestion saying that Adama Traore in the Premier League should be built more like Brock Lesnar. To that, I will say, my guy, got to be more like The Rock if, if, uh, if I were comparing him to wrestlers. <laughs> Adama Traore would definitely be more like The Rock. He didn't have the, the dread, so maybe he could even be Booker T. You know, five-time WCW champion. Shout out to 60 Sports. Keep them, com- keep them comments coming. You appreciate it, as always. Since we were talking about German footy, well, let's put a pause on what we saw and let's talk about this upcoming Bundesliga season. I have two words, you know, just to kind of cap it off. Kind of going to keep it simple. Uh, Bayern Munich is those two words. Uh, we know who they are. We know what they do. We know what they've been doing for pretty much the entire decade or pretty much the entire last two decades um, or the entire history of the Bundesliga. So, I mean, there's not much here to say about that. Uh, I don't see BBB coming with their little firepower. Uh, Jaden Sancho and Erling Haaland, you know, uh, overpowering the, the uh, Giants out of Munich. You know, the same Giants who have Robert Lewandowski, who scored 30-plus goals, you know, this past season. 
Goretzka, who uh, it looks like he does a 500-pound deadlift. We got Manuel Neuer, who gets more of a becomes more of a robot every season, looking like Android 18 from Dragon Ball Z. The, should I mention Alfonso Davies, uh, who is faster than Usain Bolt? Fast as Canadian. You know, don't quote me on that, but I mean, listen, <laughs> the guy, the guy's fast. So uh, I got two words, and those two words are Bayern Munich. I mean, not to be the, the the safe take guy, but I just don't see anybody competing with those two guys. With well, every year, I feel like we start the season with will Bayern catch up? Will another team give us a surprise? Last season, it started off that way, but Bayern Munich, they were coming in hot. The quarantine then happened, and then after quarantine, it was just straight up buying. Yeah, so, I mean, and it's hard to you know take them off their pace. It's hard to go up against Bayern when you yeah, make these high picks. It, uh, it seems like you know they um, they ran into Hansi Flick as the interim guy, and you know he proved to be a lot more than that. You know, um, definitely not interim. Definitely not interim at this rate. Yeah, he's he's far from that. And I think the question uh, should be, do they need to do anything in order to, you know, keep themselves at where they are? And I mean, not just in the Bundesliga, but in Europe. It's always good to refresh, like, add a couple of faces, you know, change the mood a little bit for the better. Um, I feel like it's good when you add in a new player to an already winning team. I don't know. It just gives everyone the hunger to win. I feel like that's what they pretty much need. And Thiago is still up in the air last time I checked. So there's that issue. If he does happen to go, or even if he doesn't, someone in his position is someone. It's something they should look at. However, I, I, I can't. I agree with you. I, I would have to say Bayern wins this Bundesliga. So to make this fun, who else joins them in the Champions League? Yeah. Bayern Leverkusen, although they're coming off of losing one of their top dogs, uh, Kai Havertz, Chelsea, who are some demons and devils, and I hope they lose. Uh, <laughs> not to be biased or anything like that. Um, Bayern Leverkusen, you know, to me, look like a team that has a good, you know, solid foundation. They've still got some good veterans on that squad. <clears throat> I think they'll finish in the Champions League spot. Of course, BBB with the young talent that they've got. You know, uh, the, of course, Erling Haaland, who could probably finish top scorer this season. Shout out to Robert Lewandowski. The guy's a robot. Let's be honest. He knows how to put the ball away. Uh, probably made in the lab. Like I said, you know, one of the androids from Dragon Ball Z puts the ball away. Uh, Jaden Sancho, the English starlet, takes care of business. Didn't move to the Premier League this past off season. Stayed in Germany, and I think he'll be uh, pretty good there. Um, so BBB, of course, I would say Bayer Leverkusen. Um, and then from there, Borussia Mönchengladbach had a pretty good year in the season prior. However, we can't forget the second-place squad, RB Leipzig, who gave my Spurs hell in the Champions League, knockout rounds, and who did make it all the way to the semifinals with their American coach. No, he's not American, I'm sorry. With their young German coach, uh, Nagelsmann. And they're a really good back line, especially with O'Connor there. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, Angelino, who's the Man City guy, interesting enough. Werner is gone, but they were ma they managed to take care of business without him up until when he played uh, uh, PSG in the semifinal. 
So uh, I've probably rounded off with uh, Munich, Leipzig, Dortmund, and I'm going to go on the bias route and say Leverkusen to uh, finish fourth. That would be my, uh, my picks. How about yourself? So last season we saw Bayern, Dortmund, Leipzig, and Gladbach qualify for the Champions League. I think that would be a consistent top four. Bayern would win it. Dortmund and Mönchengladbach will definitely fight for two and three again. And I see Leipzig coming in fourth. It'll be a little bit of a dip from last season, but they're still going to make it. I do want to say Leverkusen, but I feel like Leverkusen is being blown up at the seams. They have some guys who are probably going to leave that club, but I do want to see them in the Champions League, but I feel like Europa League is going to be their destiny. Fair enough. I was just going to ask, do you see Bayern Munich winning the Champions League again this season? It's hard not to say that they probably will. Um, I hope they I hope they make it interesting. I think they, they they have a real good chance. But then again, I got to look at these other teams in in Europe. Spain is looking a bit weak right now. The Premier League, they didn't have the best run in Champions League last season. Manchester City was pretty much carrying their flag until – they met up with Leon, and they faltered there. I feel like it's hard to go up against Bayern, even in Champions League as well. They can fuck around and win another treble. I'm going to go ahead and say that they fold this year. Oh. Um, not to a Spanish club, but to the English club, which would be Manchester City, who are on a mission. Oh, if that, if that matchup ends up happening, they would probably they, – they have a good shot at winning it, Manchester City. But – it's hard to go up against Bayern. And if it's Manchester City and Bayern in a final, I'm going Bayern all the way. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I just can't see Manchester I mean, City it, knocking it, off it's Bayern. A safe choice. It's a safe choice. They look great. They, they were great this past season. By the way, for the record, I yeah. don't think they would win another treble. I feel like the Polka will probably go to Dortmund or some shit. Just want to throw that out there. I'm saying uh, it's possible that they could win another treble. I just don't see it. I also don't see that. I, I, I don't even think they'll win the Champions League next year. Uh, the Bundesliga, that's a whole different story. I don't see them ever losing the Bundesliga in a couple of seasons at least. They look too good for that. Um, Who does lose a place in Bundesliga, by the way? We see Armenia, Bielfeld, and Stuttgart promoted this season. Who's going back down? Wow, Stuttgart. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm assuming... This is keep in mind, by the way, keep in mind that the bottom two teams go straight down. The team that is third to bottom, which would be 16th, they are in a relegation playoff against the third-place team of the second Bundesliga. Yeah. I mean, just, just remembering that FC Paderborn went down last year. Um, they were – the, the couple of times that I watched them, they were pretty garbage. With that being said, Augsburg looked like a good candidate to go down. I would say Augsburg and um, and maybe Werder Bremen. All the first relegation in over 30 years. They were literally on the thin line of relegation last season. Mm. And now they go down for good. All right. That's, that's my opinion. What about the team in the relegation playoff? Who do you see going in that spot? I'm going to say mine. All right. Yeah, so I mine. think Mainz will go down. I'll probably say Armenia Bielfeld goes back down. Mm. And I'll surprise you, given how they were playing towards the second half of last season, especially after the quarantine, they haven't won since January. 
Schalke will be in the relegation playoff. Mm, interesting. I mean, they did just lose um, America. Justin McKinney is on loan to Juventus, which yeah, I think is crazy. Especially when I thought he would, like, all the reports were saying he would go to Southampton or some shit. Southampton to Juventus, that's a big jump. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a much more prestigious jump for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, it would be interesting to see Shaka, a team who's got some history and some, you know, some clout go down. That'd be wild. Um, I think they might sail depending on who they play in the relegation playoff. I feel like that relegation playoff would be Schalke versus Hamburg. Interesting. I hope it doesn't come to be. I hope Schalke can pick up their pieces. But looking at how they, they are, I see them in the relegation playoff. Okay. Any other bulldozers like your thoughts before we transition? Uh, not necessarily Bundesliga, but I do have thoughts on just the German national team overall. And this is just something I'm repeating from last uh, week. Listen, man, Yogi Mlo, he looks like a freak nasty, man. I don't know. <laughs> he looks like a freak nasty, you know. The itchy looking turtlenecks he wears, the haircut. He got, he got the man dark from Dexter's laboratory haircut. He's itching his butt, smelling his finger, you know, doing all the type of nasty stuff. You know, Yogi Mlo, man, listen, I got nothing against you, but I just think you're a nasty, nasty guy. I don't know what it is, but yeah. On that note, the Bundesliga begins on Friday. Bayern Munich and Schalke. Followed by Sigurd Freiburg, Frankfurt, Armenia, Union Berlin, Augsburg, Werder Bremen, Erta Berlin, Hoffenheim, and Klon. This is a gr- good one on Saturday. The two Borussias, Dortmund and Mönchengladbach. Oh, that's a good game. The weekend caps off with Leipzig and Mainz and Wolfsburg, Leverkusen. That is the Bundesliga. It's back on Friday. I am interested. And that Dortmund, Mönchengladbach game, fun, fun. Fun. Premier League returned as well. Yeah, uh, I would say before we get to the um, the uh, Premier League, really, 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 really quick, uh, we had some league uh come back today, French league. Oh, we have time. to talk league on. Uh, we have to talk league on. PSG and Marseille uh, in some uh, resumption of some league on play beginning this weekend, uh, although they did play a couple games at the beginning of August um, and into September. Uh, however, uh, Paris Saint-Germain versus Marseille today was, uh, or not today, I'm sorry. It was yesterday. Recording this on a Sunday, of course. It will be yesterday. Uh, on Sunday. A brutal game. Finished 1-0. Uh, but the most interesting stat I should point out, Ronnie, uh, was that there were five red cards uh, all at the same time, except for uh, one last one, which happened two minutes after the other four. Um, love to get into that if you have any thoughts. On the game itself, this is Marseille's first win against PSG since 2010. Phew! Um, Marseille hadn't won in Paris since February 2010. Wow. So that is definitely a mind-blowing stat. Here's another one. In terms of the cautions and the misbehaviors, there were 17 red cards, I mean, 17 bookings in general, rather. Wow. The most since the turn of the century. That's incredible. Match. 17 goddamn bookings. That is incredible. To- this defines Le Classique. Oh, yes, indeed. I mean, five red cards... Levin Korzawa, Leandro Paredes, 
Neymar, of course. <laughs> he, you're a big up. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Amavi on Marseille. Dario Benedetto, also on Marseille. All saw red. And this is <laughs> not to mention, this wasn't through the course of 90 minutes. This was, this was within two minutes of each other. Uh, during all the one exchange towards the end of the match. A big brawl, of course. Uh, following a Florian Tauvin goal in the 31st minute, which carried Marseille to the W. Let's be honest, uh, people don't care about that goal. People care about that fuck up, that fight, mm-hmm. that brawl. Come on, man. You know what's the footy misfits? And some bullshit. So, uh, and we thrive on the bullshit. So let's get into it. So there was an incident, Paredes and Benedetto. They kind of got into a little scuffle. They're countrymen, by the way. They got into a little scuffle before the before this incident happened. Paredes, by the way, he came on as a – they both came on as subs, if I remember. But Paredes, he came into this one hot. He was mm. looking to fuck somebody up. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because he played a Champions League game and was getting fucked up from left to right. <laughs> trying, to guide, trying to guard Thomas Miller. <laughs> looking like a fucking goof in the Champions League final. Acting like he didn't know where he was. Uh, so, I mean, this is the first game they played with some sense and some meaning to it. You better come ready to knock somebody out looking like Sean Merriman or Brian Dawkins. <laughs> you know, so uh, Paredes came on some bullshit and, you know, go went ahead and saw red. The, the referee was having none of it, I should say. And Benedetto, for his own part, he's a bit of a hothead too, especially back when he was at Boca Juniors. Mm. So putting these two guys in the middle of this spat, yeah, it was going to lead to some smoke. There's this one picture on Twitter. I'm pulling it up right now. It's a picture of Kurzawa swinging at one of the dudes from Marseille. In the background on the electric board, there's a Nike ad that says, play beautiful, play free. Oh, wow. I love that. Arnold BML is the username on Twitter. If I butchered that name, I apologize. That mm. is an amazing shot. So those are pretty much some of the bookings there. And then I think what would be the big development out of this spat was the name of Red Card in particular. Before all the details, which you're going to talk about, came out, he got a red card. And I'm like, okay. I mean, you did slap the shit out of the guy in the back, in the back of the head. <laughs> but I didn't know why that was. And, I, and knowing me, I'm not the biggest Neymar fan, so I'm – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hate, but it came out that one of the dudes from Marseille, Alvaro Gonzalez, made racist remarks towards Neymar. Mm-hmm. As much as I don't like the man, it's 2020. We shouldn't be racist on the pitch. If these reports are true, which Gonzalez is already refuting, it's, it, it's, it's not right. It got no place. It got no place in the sport. And I feel like we say this every single time. Two things could be true. I could not like Neymar while at the same time, I don't think he should be racially abused. And I would never go that far. But Uh, you see see what Alvaro Gonzalez said? Yeah. uh, Well, uh, first things first, um, I got to agree 100%. There's absolutely no room for that. Mm. There never has been and there never will be. So uh, all bullshit aside and all drama aside, Alvaro Gonzalo, you know, if these claims from Neymar are true, 
you know, a scumbaggery at the the highest level, some bullshit, and there's no need for it. There never has been a need for it. You know, get that shit off the pitch. Go see a therapist or, you know, just, you know, go ground yourself for a month. Go think about what you did and what you said. Guys, we, we, can't, we can't tolerate that fuck shit. Yeah, uh, and I mean... Before yeah, you get to that response, by the way, um, Neymar said on, I believe, Twitter, that his only regret from this incident was that he didn't hit that asshole, his words, in the face. If he said what he said and Neymar is telling the truth in this, in his claims and they are uh, racism, racist quotes and, you know, something slanderous and something, you know, in distaste, um, I'm with Neymar, man. Slap the uh, shit out I'm of him. I'm with him too. Him Give him a slap twice and use a good foot, you know, instead of giving him a slap with the hand, use your good foot, you know, hit him with a little knuckleball, something nice. You deserve it. <laughs> to really quick give you a quote from uh, Alvaro Gonzalez, who uh, is a Spanish player and never has capped for the Spanish team, goofball. Uh, you're managed by Andre Villas Boas, goofball, almost 30 years old, uh, goofball. Uh, you, you know, um, he said something to the effect of, sometimes you have to learn how to lose. Uh, in regards to Neymar. So um, I'm not sure what he means in that sense uh, in regards to Neymar saying that he had some racist remarks. But um, obviously these are all substantiated assumptions. We're not sure if it is true or not. Assuming that it is true, Gonzalez, hey man, you know, back and figure some stuff out. And hopefully with that being said, you know, uh, it wasn't anything crazy, and if it the proper punishments and proper consequences can be discussed to those. Not saying Neymar deserves to take an L, but if it was in regards to racism, I think he should just feel vindicated and slap the shit out of that guy. He specifically said, he being Alvaro, there's no place for racism, a clean career with many teammates and friends on a day-to-day basis. Sometimes you have to learn how to lose and accept it on the field. Incredible three points a day. He tweeted that while his Marseille team mates were on a jet. I feel like that response is akin to, I have black friends. Yeah, I'm like, listen, I'm not racist. Uh, you know, I know I know people that are of color. I can't be racist. It's ignorant, I think, and it's deflecting from whatever it may have, act- whatever may have actually happened. Like I said, we don't know what happened. We can only take Neymar's word for it. And with that being said, we also have to assume that Gonzalez is going to refute that, which he did. But if there was some racism in his remarks, it's um, disgusting and deplorable, and you can move around with that. You deserve to get slapped twice. Shit, I might slap you. You know what I mean? So. Ligue on and the French Football Federation have to do their investigating on these claims. Like, there's no space for that. And if he said what he said, he, he, he needs to get suspended. He needs to get slapped again. And Put him on a slap tribunal. Neymar would... You get, get a goalkeeper slap. You know the goalkeepers they have in the rough hands. It's by goal. Go for a header. <laughs> Neymar would probably still serve at least a match if yeah. all these are proven because of him actually slapping dude, but no place for that. Odds for the match on the field. Like we said, first win for Marseille against PSG since 2010. Good for them. 
that puts PSG in 17th, and they're making a big deal. Oh, PSG's in the relegation zone, as if the season's like over next week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can't put you can't put any uh, can't put any weight on uh, those claims or those uh, remarks because they literally have no weight. Of course, PSG would probably end up on top of the P- of the league on at the end of the season. That literally means absolutely nothing. Uh, I wish this, you know, W for Marseille wasn't marred and clouded in some bullshit, some racism, especially something dark and deep and, you know, something that takes away from the game. Uh, so it's unfortunate. You know, their first win, like you said, in a long time um, is going to be clouded in this rather than them getting three points against PSG. So that's unfortunate. Yeah. So that's pretty much the big talking point in the French League. Now... Let's get into the prem. We have to. Hey, man, but we're, <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll talk about the games that preceded it. Arsenal had a convincing 3 nothing win against Fulham. What did you make of that if you saw it? Well, I will say just talking about the other games that happened during the week aside from the Spurs game just makes me feel a lot worse about the Spurs game because all of my competitors seem to have great games. But coming from an unbiased standpoint, Arsenal came in uh, under the new coach, Mikel Arteta, who looks good, setting up well. A lot of new, uh, they got the new signings. Gabriel, defender, uh, got the good young boys playing. Alexander Lacazette and Aubameyang both doing what they do best, uh, putting goals in the net. Some of, one of our uh, top score predictions for the season, of course, Aubameyang getting off to a good start. Reno against uh, newly promoted Fulham, who used to be Premier League regulars. Managed by Scott Parker, he used to play for Spurs and a couple of other Premier League teams. Uh, you know, a good manager through and through. Not the best result for Fulham. You know, welcome back back to the Prem. This ain't the championship, buddy. Got to step it up just a little bit. It's uh, tough to see Arsenal get a good win, especially especially when my Spurs lose. But um, that's neither here nor there for now. You know, we'll get there when we got to get there. Uh, Arsenal had, had the grip on the game from pretty much early on. Uh, kept a clean sheet, took care of business. Uh, their big guys, when it mattered, stepped up to the plate and took care of business. Not fun to see, by you know, for me by any stretch of the means. Uh, I like to see Arsenal sad and losing, um, but they they took a W and had to talk to them for that one. Yeah, all three promoted teams lost, but the one that actually scored goals and scored goals plenty. Leeds United against Liverpool. That match right there, bonkers, mind-blowing, insanity. Where do we begin? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and state it at the beginning of the of our conversation regarding this game. Uh, somebody who we did not mention in our uh, Golden Boot race, Mo Salah, the winner of the Golden Boot two seasons ago, uh, went ahead and started the season off with a hat trick, but before that, he did. Um, there was a lot of stuff, and I will let you uh, dive into this. And most all I scored from the spot, one nothing. Jack Harrison quickly replied with a goal in the twelfth minute. Virgil Van Dyke got in on the action. Leeds United clapped back. This was literally just going back and forth all first half. Mo Salah scored his second of the half to give it Liverpool a 3-2 lead after the first 45. 
Then Leeds leveled it up in the second half, and then Mo Salah with another penalty to complete his hat trick. Like I said, this match was mind-blowing, but I just can't help but think Liverpool gave up three goals to a team from the championship last season. Yeah, we call Liverpool the uh, defensive giants that they were last season. Virgil van Dijk in the Ballon d'Or conversation, you know, won the Premier League, won the Champions League before that. Uh, and to play a newly promoted side, you know, run by the wild and apparently mischievous uh, uh, Bielsa to concede three goals. Oof, I don't know. I'm not saying it's some, it's some red flags, but that is definitely something to be worried about. But all in all, good game from Leeds. Great way to show your strength and your spirit in, um, in, the, in the Premier League to show what you're really about. Um, I see big things coming from them. And one thing that I did notice that I have to comment on is I think Bielsa was was kneeling or crouching for 90 minutes. He's got some good knees. That guy. For as old as he might be, that son of a gun was kneeling or crouching or whatever the case may be. He got some good knees and calves. I wonder what exercise he'd be doing because that's a long time, man. I got to say, five minutes and my legs will fall asleep. So I don't know what he's doing. He's definitely an interesting character. He's going to be one of the protagonists for Leeds United. I, I think we both agree that they're going to stay up, and with games like this, they definitely will. Challenge for Europe is a bit of a stretch. Not going to go that far. But they, too, have some stuff to work on. They conceded four to the defending Premier League champions. But I feel like they'll be, they'll be good. Just a few mistakes, you know, just a few right. causing penalties. Two penalties in the game is never, you know, a good sign from a defense. One at the beginning, one at the very end. So those are just some things that they'll have to do better, be more on point. As a, as a defense, but they, they did what they had to do and they scored the goals. If they take it the right way, you know, it's only up from here. It could also go very well the other way if they're not careful as a newly promoted side. But, yeah, I do agree. I think they'll stay up for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, Bielsa, man, listen, do you, you strip on the weekends? Because i got to know why your knees and your calves are so strong. Like, what are you doing? There were other games as well. Crystal Palace against Southampton. Today's Sunday. Leicester City defeated West Brom 3-0. And uh, we have to talk about it. But let's do it now. Let's get it off the chest. Tottenham Hotspur 0. Everton Football Club 1. Let's right. talk about this. Overall, you know, it's been a long time coming. Uh, going out from last season at the very beginning and losing almost every game to start to have Pochettino fired in 14th place, only to come back, almost get fourth, and lose that Chelsea. Uh, uh, end up finishing the season in sixth uh, due to a lot of injuries, of course, which you can't discount. This offseason was a big one in that there was a lot to be um, expected of the club. No injuries. You've got a top manager in Jose Mourinho. Made some good signings. Matt Doherty from Wolves. Uh, Pierre Emile Hoiberg. Hoiberg, as I say, from uh, Southampton. But um, lots to be expected from the Spurs squad this season. And what I saw was a bunch of beating the ball around for 90 minutes, not having any sense of direction, allowing Everton to possess almost the entire game, allowing them to get into their rhythm. Letting a new James Rodriguez, who's never played in the Premier League, by the way, 
get in and control the game, do what he wanted to do, get shots off, have options to pass, do what he wanted to do. And trust me, he did what he wanted to do. While the Spurs kind of sat back, played a fake defensive game, had some chances on the counter, didn't convert them, conceded a, a goal in the second half early and didn't do anything to get it back. Just an embarrassing game from the offensive point standpoint, of course. Kane, Dele, Lucas, Son. <clears throat> embarrassing. And watching the Amazon Prime documentary, All or Nothing, seeing these guys pour their heart about about working hard every game and putting their heart into football and stuff. I didn't see none of that shit. Uh, I saw a quote from Hugo Lloris, Hugo Lloris, the captain of the team, saying that Mourinho brought out the uh, quote-unquote cunt side of the team. From a guy, from a bunch of group of guys that used to be a nice group of boys, uh, I didn't see none of that either. You know, <laughs> I saw the same batch of guys who look lackluster and had no creative flair, and who would lose games that they should have lost, and that's exactly what they did. So if this game is any indication of what the season will be, I would hate to go up against a Manchester City or at this point even at Chelsea, who look even better than they did last season, uh, because it's quite frankly embarrassing. I'm a, you might, you might as well put me on, like, like put my creative player on FIFA on. Like, let me go on. I'm an 81 at least, you know, in the center of defending mid-position. Like, I, I can at least do something. But this is, this is not it, man. You know, defending poorly. Um, but really the problem area today was the attack. No type of flair, no type of creativity, no type of chances. Something to forget about. And honestly, I wish I forgot about it. On to the next one. But yeesh. Do you think this puts Jose Mourinho in the hot seat? Before I answer that, um, to those who are listening, you, you, heard his, you heard his tone? Yeah, that's the sound of a suffering Tottenham Hotspur fan. That's the sound of the saddest fan in sports. Hey Amen. You'll pull through. You'll be strong. I believe in you. As for believing in Jose Mourinho, it's only the first game. If he's on the hot seat already, damn. If they keep on having performances like this, yes, he'll be on the hot seat. At this moment in time, I don't think so. But yeah, they have a lot to work on. And you, I, I see you. You're really, really sad. I'm not trying. <laughs> He just made a pouty face. <laughs> I wasn't trying to laugh at his misery. You just got to hope things get better. Who do who does Tottenham play next week? After that uh, horrible fixture against Everton. At home, by the way. Uh, there's a Europa League match we have uh, on Thursday coming up versus Lokomotiv Plovdiv uh, at noon Eastern Standard Time. And then the next Premier League match will be against Southampton. That'll be at the St. Mary's Stadium. So, holy shit, they play Manchester United to begin October. Yeah, yeah, we got a, we, we've got a tough run of games, but I mean, forget the fact that we play Europa League on a goddamn three day, just three days later on a Sunday, play a Premier League match. So, uh, not much rest for the boys, uh, Spurs boys, because two days after the uh, Southampton match, we've got an EFL Cup game. Five days later, we've got a game against Newcastle United. And then five days after that, a United game against Manchester United. So um, getting into the thick of things right away. And uh, for a Spurs team that's lacking a striker, an extra striker, aside from Eric Kane, that could smell trouble. And uh, if anything, if it's, if today's game was any uh, indication on what it might look like, whew, it'll be a long season. I'll tell you that. 
I hope not. I'm hoping for the successes for Spurs and for you. And yeah. I generally mean it. For my sake, I mean, uh, my blood pressure can only go so high before you have a heart attack or a stroke. Um, I've already lost every hair on my head. So uh, I don't know what else we could do. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard out here. Looking at this match from an Evan perspective, the two big signings, of course, Thomas Hitter Rodriguez, but of course, but then you also have Alan. They came to play. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Alan looking good on recovering 50-50 balls, having a lot of energy. Uh, James Rodriguez just overall looking like a creative force, looking like he was somebody who, you know, wanted to make his mark on the game, impose his will on the game. Spurs, definitely did. Spurs midfield. I mean, the way we lined up was, in my opinion, the best uh, lineup or the best team on, on a creative standpoint. Needed a sort of creative midfielder to kind of start things out and, you know, possess the ball and push the ball, but played sort of a more of a counter-attacking game, which uh, we didn't execute very well, as you can see by the scoreline. To counter-attack well is to score, and we didn't do that. So, you know, I'm keep thinking of that LeBron James meme where after one of the games in the finals where he stands up and leaves the press conference room and says uh, to the reporters, uh, do better tomorrow. <laughs> that's where I'm at with the, <laughs> that's where I'm at with the players. So, you know, I, I got the shades on, got my suits with the shorts and I'm saying uh, do better tomorrow guys. Cause that was not it. They have to be better Spurs. Hamas Rodriguez, if he has more games like this, I, I was pleasantly surprised because it's the premier league. And there's so many questions going into a player of his caliber in a Premier League side for the first time. Hey, man, he is with the shits 100%. Agreed. There was uh, one moment where he uh, had the ball early in the first half, caught it at the edge of the box, cut to his left, and shot it on goal. Barely missed the post, but, I mean, he's not one to miss one of those often. So if he gets a couple of those chances, he'll bury a really nice goal. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing him the rest of the season. I agree. Before, before we put a button on the Premier League, we already spoke about Chelsea in depth last week. Chelsea's next fixture, they host Liverpool. Who do you think will take that one? Uh, with all the firepower Chelsea bought in the offseason, I think they'll need some time in the Premier League to gel because most of those guys weren't Premier League players. And so we'll have some time they need to get adjusted Liverpool came out the gate on a defensive standpoint, looking a little shaky, however, but offensively looking like they're, you know, they came to play. I'm going to go ahead and give the game to to Poole. Last time they met up with Chelsea, um, they did win, and it was a very convincing win, if I'm not mistaken. I think they beat them uh, with a five, with a four-one or something like that. It was the end of last season, just after um, Chelsea beat. Man City. They played Liverpool and they lost 5-3. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Liverpool as well. Liverpool do, does have work defensively to take care of. Chelsea, like you said, a lot of their guys haven't played in the Premier League. Their first game is against Brighton, which is probably going to be an easy win. So this will definitely be their first test of the season as well. Liverpool all the way. The other game I wanted to get your take on... Manchester City, they are back. They play Monday against Wolves. And Wolves last season handed them their asses twice. Fuck Man City and all their money spending. And their Pep Guardiola with his little nasty scarves. He thinks he's fly. Stop shopping at Zara. You got too much money for that. Uh, you're a goofball. Kyle Walker, you're going bald. Just shave the head, bro. 
looking like a lame and a goof. <laughs> I say that to say I'm going for the Wolves. Nuno, give me the W. Uh, Man City look great, of course. I think that they'll win the Premier League this season. Uh, just for the fact that they're out for blood. They might even win the Champions League this year because they have to. Just the fact that they even whiffed at Lionel Messi, to me, is a bit disrespectful. And with that being said, I, I wish nothing but the worst for them. <laughs> I like Manchester City if I were high. But <laughs> since I am not, I want to give Wolves a win. Nuno just got a contract extension. However, I think it will be a draw. Real quick, before we wrap this up, Serie A starts this weekend as well. Is it going to be another Bundesliga-type situation where Juventus just wins again? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm inclined to say Juventus. They got the most talent. But year in, year out, things get closer and closer. Uh, somebody looks like they want to dethrone Juventus. Juve hasn't made the big strides to, to cement their place. Although one of my favorite players of all time is at the helm this season at Juventus, Andrea Pirlo, a genius midfielder, one of the best registers of all time, a guy who I used to say didn't even sweat on the pitch, too cool, too calm, too collected, threw balls for days, incredible free kicks, you know, just a genius. So I'm very excited to see how he does as a manager. Most of the best managers ever have been midfielders, um, you know, and he's one of the best midfielders of all time. Seems to be, you know, trimming the fast, so to speak, getting rid of a lot of folks, but also buying a lot of older players. So he seems to have an, a, a vision, it seems. We'll see what that vision is. I'm it's sure. It's going to take a while for that vision to get realized. But in the meantime, they'll probably win City again. I mean, I'm sure with the players he's getting, I couldn't, you can't even say it'll take a while because he's grabbing some old folks. Let's say he's trying to go for the W now. But uh, yeah, you can. Can be confident saying that Serie A will be Juventus's again just for the sheer power of Dybala and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, compared to uh, Inter Milan's players, Lotaro, great player, hats off to him, and Lukaku. They're not, they're not Cristiano Ronaldo or Dybala. You know, uh, same with Napoli, Atalanta as well, AC Milan. They just ha haven't got the sort of talent as Juventus. So you could call uh, the Scudetto uh, Juventus's again, but. Obviously, the big one they won is the Champions League. And the question I think i got to ask you as a Juventus fan is, can Andrea Pirlo push them over the edge to the promised land? I've been a Juventus fan since they pulled up here. They had a friendly match against Club America. That was the first time I was exposed to Juventus, and that's where my fandom for the club is. I, I just love the team. To answer your question, bias me would say, fuck, you guys, he's going to do it. Objective Ronnie says, I would like to see him win the Champions League this year, but I feel like it's going to take a while. Yeah. Last season in the league, he got teams were right on Juventus' ass from Lazio to Inter to Atalanta. Yes, they don't have all those, they don't have those Cristiano Ronaldo's, but they do have the Lukaku's, they do have the Lautaro's, they do have the Immobiles to compete. AC Milan, they're in a renaissance. They signed men on men on men. They're going to probably give Juventus a run for their money as well. I see them winning the, the league, no questions asked. I want to see them win the Champions League. I'm just not sure. But in my heart, I say, yes, they win it. Juventus, they begin their title defense for the umpteenth time against Sampdoria hmm. on Sunday the 20th. Also playing on that day is Parma Napoli. 
Mm. Genoa and Crotone. Crotone recently promoted. Sassuolo celebrating their 100th anniversary against Cagliari. Saturday, we have Fiorentina and Torino. Something about that match just seems appealing to me. That's followed by Verona and Roma. And the week ends on Monday the 21st, Milan and Bologna. Inter and Atalanta and Lazio play the following week. Um, my top four would be Juventus, obviously, Lazio, Inter. I'm sorry, Atalanta. You're going to go to the Europa League instead. Milan will cap off the top four. I'm going to go ahead and uh, just based on what I've seen from Atalanta and the fact that they've kept everybody that they pretty much had last season. It hurts me saying that, by the way. It hurts. I, I, I like them. For third place. I, I, I can see that happening, but I just feel like Milan, they're getting stronger now. And they showed it towards the end of last season. I agree. But I love Atalanta, man. Like, it's literally, it feels like a grassroots club. I, I, I like seeing them play. Except yeah, when they give Juventus a hard time, which gives yeah. me a hard time. I mean, it's a pretty close tie in, in Italy as far as the top four goes. Uh, Lazio, Napoli, uh, Inter Milan, and Juventus all look like title contenders. Juve just kind of has that quality that puts them a class above everybody else. But, yeah, I'd give Atalanta third place. I'll say Juve at number one. Two would probably be um, – I'm going to go ahead and say Lazio or Napoli. I think I'm going to say Lazio. Three, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Atalanta. And four would be Inter Milan for me. I, I could see I could see that. that I think those, those, those were the same top four teams last year. Juventus, Lazio, Milan, and Atalanta. The order might be different, yeah. but those are the same four top four. Yeah, we'll see. Serie A, uh, again, begins Saturday. Fiorentina and Torino, that's... I feel like this season in Serie A is going to be a lot more interesting, just like it was towards the end of last season after lockdown. Any other thing you want to talk about? Any bullshit you want to call? Uh, no BS I can think of at the moment that I want to call. Um, I'm really frustrated to think about the fact that I don't have any BS to call. Yeah, man, no, I, I mean, I don't, I, uh, BS at Spurs. Y'all was talking all that shit on the Amazon doc, talking about you die for football uh, and this, that, and the third. I didn't see none of that today in those 90 minutes. That looked like y'all play football part-time. That's what it looked like. So I uh, read this thing piece today about how Spurs uh, signing Reno was a vanity project that was going nowhere, and I hope it isn't true. I guess we'll wait. We'll wait and see what the season holds. But this first game was very disgusting to watch. I wish I didn't see it. Um, and so that's the only BS I guess I got to call. How about you? The BS I got to call was this link that you sent me of the Belgian league, where the guy was literally a foot away from the net, and he just tripped and fell, and he couldn't get up. I mean. You, you're right there. There's nowhere else you can go but in, and yet you still miss that. Oh my God. My guy was a Subway sandwich away from the goal. Not even just... a Subway sandwich, bro. You, half of a Subway sandwich. Son, you were right there. How, how do you shoot your shot? You're that close. And then, woof. We talk about Raheem Sterling fucking up. That was a huge. You, I mean, at least Raheem Sterling could play again. This man has to call it a career. No, he got to pack his bags and never be seen from again. 
I, I, I think he's only like 19. Oof. Well, maybe soccer is not for him. <laughs> um, I, and come to think of it, I'm sorry for being harsh on the men, but no. the, you're going to get this smoke. I don't think you're being harsh. I don't think that soccer is for him. He should be playing something else. You're going to get this smoke. You're right there. And I, 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 in my lifetime, I've missed a goal like that. And I figured out really quickly that I shouldn't be playing the sport. So, you know what's the difference between you and him? His was on video. The world saw that. Thank God. Ooh, that shit was horrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, prayers to him, man. I know he's probably going through it, but yeah, man, figure out something else to do. This isn't for you, man. That is a layup as layups come. Mm. I've seen misses close by, but that was atrocious. Yeah, no, that's like a talent. It's kind of skillful how bad it was. You, you know, like it comes to a point where it's, it's kind you of, have to try to be that bad. It, it's a skill for sure. <laughs> I would also call BS on England for putting people to sleep against Denmark. Thank God I didn't see that. Yeah, no, that shit was as boring as British cable television. <laughs> Watch, that shit was trash. And again, on a much more serious note, if these racist allegations are true, um, Gonzalez from Marseille, that is huge bullshit of the week. Huge fuckboy moves. Yeah. Again, can't tolerate that. I just want to stress that again. To bring it back on the light note, England for being trash and that guy from Belgium being trash. I think it was Belgium. I don't know. That guy being trash. That is my BS yeah, of the week. Belgian League. I'm not sure if he was Belgium, but it was in the Belgian League. Oh, it was the Belgian League. Well, you can't even play in the Belgian League. Go to a league where you're not going to get seen. Like, I don't know. Armenia. Yeah. But, yeah, got that off my chest. I'm going to respect it. Um, with that being said, I guess, do you want to sign us off? I'll do that. Let's enjoy the footy coming up this week. He's LV. I go by the name of Ronnie. We'll see you next time. We're the Football Misfits. Woo!